No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Through the devices of his uncle Laban, Jacob found himself in the awkward position of being married to sister wives. Today we'll see what drama this created for everybody. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 29, right here on Simply the Bible. Everybody likes a good competition. People pay good money and travel halfway across the country to watch a football game with their favorite team. But the competition we see today is not your typical game. It was a contest between two sisters. It began when Jacob worked for seven years for Laban's beautiful daughter, Rachel. On the honeymoon night, Laban tricked him and gave him Leah instead. Laban was also willing to give away Rachel, but it would cost Jacob another seven years of labor. Jacob agreed, marrying sister wives, but he loved Rachel more than Leah. We pick it up in Genesis 29:31. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren, so Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Proverbs 30.23 tells us that under three things the earth trembles, and one of them is an unloved woman when she is married. Sadly, this was Leah's situation. Through no fault of her own, she was given as a wife to a man who did not love her. But God is the great equalizer who took note of her situation. And he opened her womb and closed Rachel's womb. God gives each of his children their share of joys and sorrows, of comforts and crosses. Rachel had no children, but she had the love of her husband. Leah was unloved, but God blessed her with many children. Jacob had sexual relations with Leah, even though he didn't love her. Leah would not be the first woman to receive physical attention and intimacy from a man who did not love her. It was a common practice to name one's children according to the circumstances of their birth, so Leah gave names to her sons, reflecting her desire that her fertility would win her husband's affection. Reuben means see, a son. Simeon means heard, because God heard that she was unloved. Levi means attached, expressing the hope that Jacob would now be attached to her because she bore him three sons. Judah means praise, showing that even amid striving to be loved, Leah had a heart for God. She realized the truth that Scripture would later declare, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, Leah may have been unloved, but two of the most important tribes came from her. Levi would become the priestly tribe. 
Moses, the author of the first five books of the Bible, would be a Levite. And Judah would become the kingly tribe. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah, and in the future, he will reign on the throne of David as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Chapter 30. Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Nobody could fault Rachel for wanting children. But rather than praying and asking God to open her womb, she became envious of her sister. Instead of being thankful that she had Jacob's love, she coveted the one thing that she didn't have, to the point that she said she would die if she couldn't have it. Rachel probably didn't really mean this, but her speech was rash because her passion was unbridled. James wrote in his epistle, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. This well describes the desires at work and these strivings between sister wives. But their discontentment and strife also involved Jacob. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel. And he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Jacob knew that Rachel's barrenness had nothing to do with him. He obviously could father children. It was God who had kept Rachel childless. Still, this was a harsh way for him to answer the bride whom he loved and labored 14 years to marry. This is a strong testimony for the wisdom of God's original plan that one man be married to one woman. Later in the book of Leviticus, God would specifically forbid the marrying of sister wives. Nevertheless, through this envy, striving, anger, and harsh words, we see that God doesn't use perfect people. He uses people like you and me. Verse 3. So Rachel said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go into her and she will bear a child on my knees, that I also may have children by her. Then she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as wife. And Jacob went into her. And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. And Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. This is the same thing that Sarah had done in giving Abraham Hagar her Egyptian maidservant. It was a culturally accepted practice for the handmaiden to become a surrogate mother for her mistress. But that doesn't mean it was God's will. Impatience causes us to resort to the arm of flesh when God doesn't meet our desires and expectations on our timetable. But this is always a mistake that leads to unforeseen and undesirable consequences. Rachel interpreted Bilhah giving birth as God judging her case against her sister. For Rachel, this wasn't so much about her having a child to love, but about winning a lawsuit against Leah. And she presumed that God was acting as the judge ruling in her favor. Dan means judge. 
Naphtali means wrestling, indicating that Rachel wrestled with her sister and prevailed. However, I'm not sure how Bilhah's two sons prevailed over Leah's four sons. Verse 9. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob, his wife. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, A troop comes. So she called his name Gad. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, I am happy, for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. It's sort of sad that Leah went from praising God for her four sons to stooping to Rachel's level by giving Zilpah to Jacob as a concubine. But that's the way it is. When people get in the flesh, it's all too easy for us to jump in the mud with them. Gad means either troop or fortune. Leah was fortunate to be able to give Jacob an entire troop. Asher means happy. It's interesting that Leah was more happy about other women calling her blessed than about having another son. Verse 14. Now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. The mandrake was a root that was called the love apple. It was fragrant and thought to be an aphrodisiac that could increase fertility. Naturally, mandrakes would be desirable for two women having a fertility contest. Rachel asks Leah for some of the mandrakes, and Leah's response indicates that she has held a grudge against Rachel for stealing her husband. Rachel agrees to give Jacob to Leah for one night in exchange for the desirable mandrakes. When Jacob comes home that night, Leah meets him and tells him that he has been hired. It is interesting that in all this wrangling between his two wives, Jacob never complained about being tossed from woman to woman. I would imagine that it was rather flattering to his ego. Through all of this, the family was expanding in the word of the Lord that the children of Abraham would be as innumerable as the stars was being fulfilled. God even uses the foolish devices of man to accomplish his will. Verse 17, And God listened to Leah. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulun. Afterward, she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. It's cool to see that Leah here was actually praying again. She prayed, and God gave her another son. Issachar means wages. It is interesting that Leah thought that God was paying her wages because she gave Zilpah to Jacob as a concubine. Zebulun means dwelling. And Leah hoped that after giving Jacob now six sons, 
he would at last choose to dwell with her. Finally, Dinah was born. Now, usually only sons were mentioned. We know from other places that Jacob had many daughters. So Dinah is probably mentioned here because she is the central figure in chapter 34. Verse 22, Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. Now this doesn't mean that God forgot Rachel, only that it was time for him to act. But notice that God listened to her. So Rachel was finally asking God for a son. Perhaps God was waiting for her to exhaust all the avenues of the flesh so that she would know her son truly was a gift from God in response to her prayers. Joseph means he will add, indicating Rachel's desire that God would give her another son. So much of this occurred because Jacob had deceived his brother Esau and Laban then deceived Jacob. The two sisters had no control over those things, but rather than accepting the circumstances that God had allowed in their lives, the comforts as well as the crosses, they tried to change things by their own methods. How like that we are. And how amazing that God still loves us and uses us to build up His family. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go by their website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. Tomorrow, we're going to see that after working for his uncle Laban for 14 years for his two wives, Jacob began to increase his wealth. We hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue in Genesis, right here on Simply the Bible.